here in East Los Angeles, California. We have the CEO of WIE, host, writer, producer, and comedian, Bilal Young. Bilal, what's going on? Man, what's happening? Appreciate you having no, me, man. Thank I you. appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. So I'm just telling everybody like a backstory. We met last year, it was last summer, I remember it was like right around BT weekend mm -hmm. at uh, Chocolate Sundays at the Lab Factory. Mm -hmm. And um, we met out there, it was Tony Rock having like a special, you know, for his, I guess, it was, I think it was his birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember you were just up there, I guess you was just pretty much watching the show as well. Mm -hmm. And I was just, you know, me and you um, had a conversation and I just followed each other on Instagram and stayed connected. I said, bro, when I come back out this way, let's, right. let's, let's no, wake up. Yeah, you like, yeah, when I touch back down in LA, we got to do something. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And it, it, it took a little bit longer than I wanted it to, but man. Timing. Timing. Yeah. Is everything. Yeah. But I kept on telling bro, when I get out there, we definitely going to link up. I yeah. made sure. I, was gonna, yeah. I definitely was going to keep my word, man. Mm -hmm. So now we out here. I appreciate you taking the time for real, for real, man. Yeah, no problem, man. So how has life been treating you out here in L.A., though? Like, well, how do you like it? Life is liking in L.A. So, you know, that's yeah, just... Man. Not just in LA, but uh, just all over. But since I'm here in LA, um, you know, you still just putting the chops in, putting your, your reps in as far as you know what I do. Um, you know, things are slowly but surely starting to move, but it's a process. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a process. It's, it's a long one, but um, for the most part, it's just been it's been steady. It's been steady. It's been cool. Um, you know, you got, you got you got to be able to uh, withstand the, all the losses that's that you endure on on this journey that you on the journey that you're in um, that you're on. But uh, yeah, everything's been cool. Where yeah. you're here, you're in a unique field because we don't come across a lot of comedians, especially on our platform. Um, what we do, especially where we are, there's not a lot of comedians. So you're in a very unique. Um, in a unique space. But let's go back just a little bit. Can you tell everybody like where are you originally from? Uh Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. So so how was how was like your childhood growing up in Cleveland? Fun. Uh very active in the streets, or when I say streets, not uh <laughs> not like in the street streets, but like uh sports, you know, um skating, um swimming, you know, just the typical things that you do as a kid in the nineties, growing up in the nineties, mm -hmm. early two thousands. Uh, but Cleveland is home, you know, that's my home. That's everything that I am is because of Cleveland. And, um, yeah, growing up in Cleveland was just, just not like, you know, how it was growing up for you. Like, you know, mm -hmm. well, that's all you knew at that moment, you know, was your, your environment. So mm -hmm. you just got to make the most of it. Were you a, were you a Browns fan, fan growing up? Oh, yeah. I would think so. Oh, for sure. For sure. See, I've been terrible for some years. Yeah, too. but we we good. We won today, so we we doing. Y'all y'all coming back around now. Yeah, we not in the five right now, so we you know what I'm saying. Shout out to the Browns, you know. Hey, we from we from South Carolina, so you know. Y'all 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 rely on y'all sports teams out there, so <laughs> you know. They, but they but the, the women they got a good basketball. Oh, I saw the girls basketball yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we gonna girl. win it all this year. And then my uh, actually my high school coach, his his brother. Sons, his son played for South Carolina right now. Oh, for real? Michi Johnson. Okay, okay. Basketball? Yeah, yeah basketball. Oh, that's what's up. The point guard at Michi Johnson. Yeah, that's good right there. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball, well, college sports are really about the best thing we have right now because the the, the Panthers and the Hornets, we, we got it bad right now. Man. I, I knew no, it was going to be bad, 
But not like that. I ain't think it was gonna be this bad. Now you see how the Browns feel all the years. Yeah. And this is just one this is one season that y'all like, uh I mean they that new ownership came in, man, and it's just been terrible. Like so I, I cover the Hornets, so I'm I'm at the Hornets home games, mm-hmm. you know, covering them. And they I I pretty much expected they would be like right where they are because to me they they really brought back the same team from last year to this year. Right, right. And I knew it wasn't gonna be much of an improvement, but the Panthers Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for Bryce, man. Dog. That's what happens when you get drafted number one. What you expect, you know? Like you get drafted number one, you gonna come with some growing pains. Yeah, so. man. But I didn't think it would be. They they gave up so much to get Bryce, which I understand. When you give up all that those assets to get somebody, man, it's it's gonna be bad. But man, they the ownership just ruined that team. And then when you had a coach in position with Steve Wilkes when he took over last year and almost had us into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They got they got a long <laughs> they got a long way to go. But you know what? I root the Panthers. That's home for us. That's so that's that's our home team. So I'm always root for them. But my favorite team is Baltimore Ravens. Oh. So how I felt uh, started loving the Ravens was when I was a kid. I had a PlayStation, and um, I always played with the Ravens because I like their defense. Come we had, if I could get at least. 10 to 13 points, I was going to win because we had a defense. The quarterbacks was terrible, but I was just running the ball with Jamal Lewis. Oh, but the defense we had was tough, so that's why that's my favorite team. And, of course, I'm always root for the home team, the Panthers. Right. Um, but they got, a, they got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. So, growing up, did you, you, so you played sports in school yeah. when you were yeah. in school? Mm-hmm. Was that um, – did you have dreams, aspirations of you know playing like uh, yeah collegiate ball and yeah ball I played play? college ball. I played college ball. Oh, what would you play? I played at two schools. I went to uh, the University of Rio Grande and then I transferred to a school in Kentucky called Berea College. You played basketball? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did what was your what would you say was like your um your family's um aspiration for you growing up? Did you did they have any type of career aspirations? Did you nah. Feel like Oh no, you know my family, my immediate family was just like a you know blue collar. You get your job and you move up in the company and you, you know that's just. But I, at an early age, I realized that uh, mediocrity was not it for me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so like going to get a nine to five was that's easy. Like right. I can go get a nine to five, I can move up in the company, I can become this, that, and the third. But it's like. I wanna I wanna do something that's you know, you gotta put like you gotta put you gotta put some, some work into it, you gotta put some effort, like you right. know, and the type of lifestyle and the type of things that I'm into, you know, you gotta you gotta work. Like you got it takes some time to, to get to where you wanna to where you wanna be. But um as far as like my my parents saying like do this and do that, no, it was just like figure like whatever you wanna do, like figure it out, like so, so you did you know early at an early age that you just wanted to like get out of Cleveland though? Oh, for sure, very early, very early. Was it like a like seventh grade? Oh, so you already like yeah yeah. Okay. So what what is like what would you say is like the mindset of like most people that live in Cleveland? Is it like you saying like a traditional nine to five workers, or did you see like a lot of you know entrepreneurs like um, trying to you know start their own business? Oh, just to. You know, blue collar. You know, mm-hmm. nine to five. You know, you want to become. You know, you went, and, and Cleveland is either a nurse or, you know, you trying to do something in the medical field or a factory or you know, this is your environment. Mm-hmm. Wh- whoever you see your family, whatever you see your family do, 
You know, nine times out of ten they're gonna say, Hey, put in the application, I can put in the word for you here yeah. and this, that, like, you know. But uh I realized, like I said, I realized early that that wasn't me. Like I could I can't do that. Like that's not something that I how would you say you were in school? Would you say you were like the class clown or were you kind of like the, the, the shy, humble kid? Oh, no, I was definitely the, the class clown, for sure. <laughs> for sure, yeah, for sure. That's where most of my trouble came in at, just being insubordinate, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Not more so like fighting or anything like that. It was just more so I'm entertaining the whole class, including teachers. So it was like, you know, I was the... The funny guy. I was the popular dude. You did know? you Did you have any uh, siblings? Yeah, I got four sisters. Oh man, so you, are you the youngest? You like I'm in the middle, right? Yeah. Middle. Man, I'm the middle child too, yeah. man. Middle. I, I always feel like the middle child is kind of like the golden child. Yeah, like they the they the. It's like you different, man. It's like it's, the way I look at it is like with this middle child, they uh. I think we'll get the best of both worlds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. they gonna be bad, but then they gonna be good at the same time. Like, this Bro. is my, the middle child is my child where, like, they're gonna figure it out because, you know, like, being a middle child is like, at, when you have a middle child as a parent, you know what, like, there's gonna be something that you're gonna do that you did with your previous kid, and then there's gonna be something that you don't do because mm-hmm. you're like, or right, if I do this, then there's a possibility that he or she gonna turn out like this because of X, Y, Z. You know, so. I feel like we have somewhat of an advantage because we're like we can watch our older siblings. Like I have an older brother and a, of course a younger sister, and um, so you kind of get to watch your your older sibling. Like I got a chance to watch my brother go play college ball and you know learn from his mistakes and watch some of the things that he did. And I always tell people my brother is my idol and I always look up. He was one of the reasons. That I wanted to play on um, football. I played football and basketball. I wasn't great at football, but he was the reason that I wanted to play. And then any time that he went somewhere, he would always take me under his wing. I remember we were, I was like 15 years old, and we would go to the club, and he would just slide me his ID and just take me with him and his and him and his friends. But um, but to get a chance as a middle child to mm-hmm. to watch and see what the older siblings right. do, and then also still be influenced to your younger yeah. sibling. But I, mean, I always felt like I was kind of like a somewhat of a renegade. Like I didn't always, I knew I wanted to, to be successful, be be great at something. But I didn't always, you know, follow like the status quo, like what everybody else you know does in society. Because you know, like you're saying, society paints that picture um, of you know success is like you know going to school, mm-hmm. you go to college, graduate, like you're saying, your parents would tell you. And then you get a job and you just stay there. And so you forward. move up in the company, you get the benefits, you get the this, that, and the third. Yeah. You know, hey, I did it. Life is life. Exactly. Like, you know? And it's, it sounds good. It sounds know, good, but until you, like, I don't know. I can't even explain yeah. it. It's just like, it's just a feeling that I just knew, like, no, nah, this, this is not it. Exactly. For me, it, it took me until I actually got into the workforce to finally uh, figure out, like, this is not what I want to do. Right. And I had to start paying student loans. That was like, I was working, bro, I was working two jobs, just getting up, going to work. And I had, um, my, my first two kids were born while I was in college. You know, just working, paying bills. And it was just like, I got to get up and do this again in the morning. And I just worked 13 mm-hmm. hours. And I was gonna get about five hours of sleep and get back up and do it again. And I was like, man, I can't live like this. I gotta, I gotta figure something out, man. So 
I, I, I tell people like working two jobs was the best, one of the best things and the worst things to happen to me because it just forced me to like figure out early like man I can't live like this. Right. But you know it's a lot of people even though they don't like doing it mm -hmm. they still you know still get to it. Yep, they still do it, man. So so for you. How long did you work any? Have you ever worked a nine to five? Like, mm -hmm. what kind of jobs have you worked? Odd jobs, just like that's a series like pet store or Arby's and fast food, and uh, you know, I was in the service industry. You know, that's mm -hmm. where I got majority of my work experiences. Like, you know, being a server, I became a corporate trainer. Like, you know, just being with a company so long as you become a corporate trainer, then become a manager, a supervisor, and then before you know, I'm closing the restaurant. But it's like. After a while, it's just like, man, like this is it. Like, if this is my life, I don't want to tell it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. Bro, like, you know, I started out early, man. Like I, like I, I can tell you what. The first job I really had was uh, at uh, Buffalo Seafood. My tenth grade year in high school, so I was just busting tables, uh, taking out the trash. They would even have me cutting chicken, making little. And little chicken tenders and stuff, and I ain't like. I thought it was at the time. I thought I was like, man, this is cool right here. Now I'm making my own money. And I remember, I, uh, the the first time I worked that job, I got my very first phone. You do you remember the? Uh, it was like the little phone, flip phone that used to call the egg. It was like black on the top. It was like a Nokia or something. Oh, it was, like uh, the egg. It was like a little prepaid phone. Y'all know what you're talking about. You put, little, da -da 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 -da. put a little minutes yeah. on it. That was like the very first phone I had. Then when I got to college, some of the odd jobs, man, I worked I worked at Costco for like 10 years while I was in college, but I, I just left there a few months ago. Um, but I worked at Sam's, I worked at Toys R Us, I worked at Pizza Hut for 30 days, mm. and they let me go. Mm. And I was glad, because I ain't like that at all. But bro, I just worked so many just yeah. But I knew, I, I like, this I like, this can't be this it. This can't be, this is not like This, this cannot be it at all. Um, so, so when did you actually, uh, get it exposed to coming. Well, do you remember like the first um, time you seen that? Um, I want to say like, like fifth or sixth grade, mm -hmm. um, Mad TV. Okay. For me, I would say the, fir the first time that I ever- Oh, was Mad TV now? Yeah, like like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, but yeah, Mad TV is what I really was like starting to pay attention. Like, oh, what's this? Like, you know, and then it's, and then it turned into Eddie. It turned into who? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I used to I used to live with my aunt, and she had these Eddie uh, Murphy cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and she. And I don't know, I, I don't know if it was God, like, you know, I don't know, but she was like, don't be, don't be over there listening to them Eddie Murphy tapes. <laughs> like, that's what she said. Yeah. I was like, of all the tapes, like, why would I want to listen to that Eddie tape? Murphy. Like, but I didn't know who Eddie Murphy was at the, I'm like, Eddie Murphy. And then I listened to it one time and I'm like, oh, this yeah. is like, oh, so what is he doing? So I was, I was intrigued on how he was making somebody laugh and he's not there. Mm. That's how I was thinking, like, he, how's he making them people laughing on the radio if he's just like on the, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that he's in front of people, they just recorded it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. this, how early of, right. this how early I picked it up, but um, from the, from Mad TV and then and Eddie Murphy is when I really started, like, 
oh, this is what, oh, because I wanted to get into acting, but I didn't know that comedy, I thought comedy was acting. Mm -hmm. So the whole time I'm saying, I'm going to be an actor, not knowing that it's being like, being like a comedian. Right, right, I got you. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be an actor, not knowing, oh, this is actually comedy. So yeah, around like fifth, fifth or sixth grade. The first time that I can really remember, you know, being a, well, I put it this way. I remember growing up, I would see, you know, watching Jamie Foxx show, you know, watching Martin, you watch Fresh Prince, um, Steve Harvey show, Hughes. Um, my parents were watching Living Color. I remember watching those shows, but the first time that I really, you know, saw stand-up comedy in it. Was with the um, original Kings of Comedy with Shane yeah. Harvey, D.L. Yeah. Hughley, Bernie Mac, Sergio Entertainment. So I remember seeing the sitcoms, but like this, to hear them doing a stand up and just using profanity, mm -hmm. that, that's when that's when the first time that I remember seeing like stand up. And I was like, oh, this is this is crazy. I remember my, my parents were watching that. They would make us go sit like in the back room because they didn't want to. I mean, we could still hear from yeah, down the hallway. Yeah, but they just wanted to be parents. Exactly. You know, you know you can't watch this, but you can listen. Like, you exactly. Know. But that was the first time that I really remember, you know, actually seeing like um, comedians using profanity and just using cuss words and just seeing it in a different light. Like, man, this is crazy. But then they, now it's now when I go back and watch the, uh, it's crazy. But I watch if I watch kids coming now, like. Some of the jokes they say now, now it hits home more now because I'm actually in the real world and yeah, like stuff. Yeah, they saying. You yeah. really understand what they're what they're saying. I think kids and comedy was it for everybody. Like, Bro, it was like rock stars. Yeah, know? for real, for real. Because it and, and what I love was like if you watch it, they kind of take you behind the scenes. And you can mm -hmm. see them on the road traveling or in the yep. in the dressing room, you know, smoking, playing hard, everything yeah. like that. So just to see that up close and then you could see them like like the fans like they would interview some of the fans and how the people would dress up and come out and see them bro like that was crazy to see something like that and now we got and this was at a time when social media was not even around so nope. imagine if social media was around back then oh they would have been maybe it was still and i mean they were still, still making stars exactly yeah. so to, to see what they became man that's that was that was special to see right. something like that um so when did you uh when did you figure out okay you working those jobs odd jobs you went to college you played ball so I would imagine it's safe to say at first you wanted to go to the NBA it's like one of your yeah. one of your dreams yeah so then when you realized that might not be your possibility like when did you kind of begin to like really shift towards comedy um well when I was in college I had uh. uh Put together this uh, talent show, and it was called Ryan Got's Talent. And like you know, with different students in the school, they come up with their like their talent, and they and so what I did was I host that talent show, mm -hmm. but I took it serious. Like I had outfit change. I had like a, I was the only. But what's crazy is I had outfit change. I'm the only one in this little mirror, like in the back room with the mirror, like giving myself a pep talk, like. You got this like you about to go out here and make them laugh and like not realizing i'm just i'm just excuse me not realizing that i'm just feeding this bug that, is, that has that bit me like you know mm -hmm. so um after after that show um my assistant coach he came up to me and he was like um yo 
if if basketball don't don't work out for you, man, you you can you can do the you can be a comedian, man. You really like mm-hmm. you can do it, like. And it was at that moment when it was like, all right, if basketball, because my whole life I've been prepping to be a comedian, not knowing like you know being a class clown, mm-hmm. saying this type of joke, saying that type of joke, mimicking people, like you know that, that's right. all being that's all comedy. So. Uh, after that talent show, I realized I said, um, "Yeah, basketball don't don't work. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be it right here. I'm gonna do this. Like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do comedy." You know, Roy G said the same thing yesterday when he was. You know, he, of course he, he you know he's from South Carolina just mm-hmm. like us. He's from mm-hmm. Columbia, and then he uh, graduated, went to Atlanta, and he said he had a friend that told him he said, "Man, you should drop do stand up because you funny as well." And same thing you said when your coach saw that and you. For you, why, why, how, why do you think people can see those type of things of like, um, it's like seeing this gift in you that you should pursue? What, what do you think that is to where they can see that, that gift? Uh, people can't fathom you going on stage in front of like strangers and entertaining them. Mm-hmm. So when they see it, it's like, even if it's like basketball or if it's drawing or if it's like, Yo, man, you really got a talent in this, like, yo, like, like, cause you know, in our in our community, we're, you know, in the black community, we don't see somebody that would be uh, in the hood that actually know how to play lacrosse, right? Right. And would be like, hey, man, you need to go to a school that got lacrosse. Yeah. Man. Like, you, like, you know. Yeah, that's so true. when you hear somebody from that's like from the from a black community that look like you, that yeah. look like you, would like pull you to the side and like, no, look. If basketball don't work out for you, man, comedy is your, that's your calling. That's mm-hmm. that's you. That's God speaking to you. Exactly. It's God he, telling he, you, like, your coach could have told anybody the same thing, but he told you. He, he, because he came to you like, look, man, if basketball don't work out, comedy, entertaining, that's what you said, entertaining people, that's you. That I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you have that. You, that's, that's going to be you. And, you know, on my way walking back to the dorm, I, I told myself, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, this is this is why I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna stay full throttle with basketball, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing my research on comedy. I'm gonna keep doing like studying. If it, anybody that anybody that you ask about Bilal, they gonna be like, man, that dude is a student mm-hmm. of comedy. Like he is a student. Like he, man, that dude is a student. So 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 were you? So at this time you were still in Cleveland. No, I was at school. You was at school. I was in school. Okay. Yeah, so, I was in Ohio, but I was still in. I was in school. Okay. So at, right after that, did you go back home? After no, college? I transferred to uh, Berea. Berea. Okay. Yeah. And they still in Ohio. That's in Kentucky. In Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. So you never really fully went back home. No. At any point in time. No. Mm. So you just knew. You just once I left. Once I left Ohio, I was like, I'm not. There's a reason why there's a rearview mirror in your car. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When you driving, you when you're driving, that stuff is is behind you. Mm-hmm. Like you know, home will always be home. I got Cleveland tatted on me. Like you know, right. but it's in a it's it's back there for a reason. Like you gotta in order for you to make a name for yourself, make a name for your city, make a name for who who you are. And like when you wake up every morning in the mirror and look at that person in the, in the mirror every morning, you're doing it for that person. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Why do you feel like a lot of young people now, or just people in general, feel like in order to you know pursue their dreams, it's like 
they have to get away from them because we we hear this a lot. Most and a lot of honestly, a lot of the entrepreneurs that we sat with, wherever they built their business, they're not from that area. They've always uprooted and relocated and went somewhere else. Why do you think that's like a lot of the cost for many people, entrepreneurs or whoever chasing their dreams? It's like they may be from one place, but they leave and leave home and go somewhere else. So like if I was from Atlanta and I was an actor, I wouldn't move. Mm -hmm. Because that's black Hollywood. Black Hollywood, yeah, yeah. But I'm a comedian, I'm an actor, and I'm from Cleveland. Yeah, I can. It's, I so can it's Cleveland's not like one of those. It's not a city where you can, you know, it's not a New York, it's not an LA. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you come out here in LA, the possibilities are endless. Right. Like, you know, you can, today is Sunday. I could go, there's so many things I could do today. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to put me in the position to be around somebody that's going to, might give me an opportunity. Right. You know? Like, can I get that in Cleveland? Possibly, but the the greater the chances of that happening are like very slim. To Not like it is out here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so when you started going all in on comedy, you you were in Kentucky at that time. I was in Kentucky, and um, I took a Greyhound from um, Kentucky to San Diego. Mm. And so that bus ride from. Um, Kentucky to San Diego, that's when I had to put all my ducks in a row, right? Like, it, it took me like, once a day or two. So, driving through different cities and going to different, picking people up from U-Haul places and, you know, odd places and stuff, meeting strange people and this, that, like, you gotta put, like, when everybody else is asleep, I'm looking out the window, like, man, like, like, this is it, like, it ain't no turning back now. I'm in the middle of freaking New Mexico. Like, you know, I'm in New Mexico. I can't say, hey, man, I want to go back home. Like, you know, like at that point, you got to really like, all right, this is it right here. This is where you mm -hmm. like, you put your big boy pants on, you pull them up and you you go out. Right. So you knew it was like, all right, I'm in Kentucky. From Kentucky, I'm going to San Diego. Like, why why was San Diego that next stop for you? I had a, directly here. I had family in San Diego. Okay, so they kind of like helped make the transition. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had family in San Diego. They said, "Come out here and um, figure it out." Like you know, you know, mm -hmm. come out here, figure it out, and slowly but surely, I started figuring it out. And then I had a kid in Houston, but I I didn't start comedy until I got until I I, I didn't start comedy until I got to Houston. Mm -hmm. So I went to San Diego. It was in the con not in the scene, but like going to different shows, just studying. Remember, a student, being a student, like mm -hmm. studying, looking at why this person is performing, why this person is not performing, listening to jokes, listening to all right, they putting this part here, and like, okay, I just seen this person perform again. They didn't they just took the last, they took they finished her and put it in the beginning. Now they didn't took the whole set and started from last to first. Now, so it was like, oh, okay. So once I went to Houston is when I, like, cause I, I, had a, I got a little boy. So once my little boy was born, I went man, to I Houston. Love Houston man. man. Listen, we went man. last year for my uh, cousin's bachelor party weekend. I went, I went for a bachelor party. And I ain't know, yeah. what, we, yeah. I ain't know what we was going to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Man, yes. listen. Viewers, go to Houston. Yes, indeed. Go to Houston. And I can't wait to get back out. Man, go to Houston. Man. Houston is, man. 
That was my first time. We went last last year back in August. No, back in September for uh, the bachelor party. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just went in. Uh, Cause I, I remember when you was out there one time. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. Houston lit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 You sure? Yeah, yeah. 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 Houston is lit. Yeah. Yeah. man. Houston is a man. That's a beautiful man. Ooh. Yeah, it's a lot of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my 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 son's mother is from Houston, so that lets you know. Yeah. What how I feel about Houston? I can't, you. you know. It's a lot of temptation out of man. You can have a, you gonna have a good time. You gonna have a great but time. You know, it's great in Houston. Yeah. So San Diego, did, did while you were in San Diego, did your did your family that you had out in San Diego, did they put a, a like an expiration on like a time, like, okay, you got this amount of time mm-hmm. to figure it out? Or they just like, you know, just come out here and just mm-hmm. they were supporting me. They were like, uh, so where you go where you gonna do the stand up? Where you go? And I I was nervous. I was like, mm-hmm. I because I didn't know how to start it. I didn't know how to start it, and I was just like, I, you know, I just kept going off. Don't worry, like I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And then um, they went to go see Tommy Davidson. Okay. At the American Comedy Company in San Diego, and then they came back and they were like, oh, they were like disappointed, like. Oh, for real? They were like, oh, <laughs> when are you gonna do comedy? Because you're way funnier than like man you way funnier than that dude tonight man when are you like come on man please start like do comedy like you gotta like when you gonna start it Mm -hmm. and then when i moved to houston i had my kid and then i was like all right if i'm a like i put the work in you know don't be stop stop being scared like Mm -hmm. you know you to put the work in you to put the like like go do it so 2017 is when i took my first step Onto a comedy, comedy in stage. Houston. In Houston. Mm-hmm. So you started with um, like open mics, just like open mics, trying there. to figure out like where mm-hmm. to open, who's like, where do I go? What what do I do? What like, how do I, you know? And slowly but surely, I started making a name for myself in, in Houston. And then I want to say like, excuse me, in like two year, like year two of do, of doing that, I got a job offer. To go to San Diego, oh, so to go, to go back to San Diego. Word, word. That's, that's what's but up. the plan was to always go to LA because mm-hmm. I got family out here that's in the industry. So back in 2012, I came out to visit, and they were showing me the whole, like showing me everything. And then my cousin told me he was like, "On the plane ride home is when it's gonna hit you." And then he was, I'm like, "Because I'm still playing college basketball. I'm like, I'm gonna be, I'm, the season's about to start. I'm prepping for the season." And you're like. No, like when you get on the plane, it's gonna hit you. And I, I get, kid you not, when I got on the plane, and we was taking off from LAX, going into the air, a, a tear came down my came down my cheek, and that's when I knew I was like, oh, I, I gotta be here. Mm-hmm. Like this is it. Like, like this is this feeling right here is the feeling that like I love basketball, but I never had that like a. A moment to where I'm like, yo, like, I have to be here. Like, mm-hmm. you know? So, I got the job offer to come back to San Diego. And once I came to San Diego, it was just like, hit the ground, like, go. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2018, 2019, and been out here ever since. So, when it was finally time to let basketball go, you were just fully at peace. 
Like, yeah. it was, you was just completely at peace with Yeah, you. yeah, 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 because uh, that's when it became, I didn't realize it was like a business until I transferred, and then I realized that I got, not played, but I like, you know, it's a business. Like, I didn't know the business side of, you know, yeah, college basketball. So I was already, I had uh, almost ruptured my Achilles, and so I was like, because I was stressed, and I'm just like, man, I, I left a great situation for a horrible situation. And it was just like one of those lesson learners, and then I'm like, yeah, I just like I can't see myself in school if I'm not playing basketball. Right. And that's just God's honest truth. Like, you know, I just can't see myself at, at school if I'm not playing a sport. Like that's mm -hmm. just, that was that was me. Not saying that I'm not intelligent enough to go to school and get a degree. Just that and third. And it's it's nothing wrong with yeah. that because I tell everybody like I, I went to college, I have my degree, but it. Having a degree doesn't determine whether you're gonna be successful or right, not. Exactly. Um, you can still be an entrepreneur. It's plenty of entrepreneurs that have built a great deal of wealth without going to college. Right, right, right. right. Just like I said, it's one of those things that society puts that belief on you that you have to go to college in order to be successful. Exactly. So I, I was just like, I, you know, I'm, I'm gotta be real with you. I checked out. I just completely checked out because I went from being the man to like. I was the man at the other school, but the other school was a, a liberal arts school. And if you know anything about liberal arts school, like the their academics are like serious, like it's, it's like top, yeah. like this is we care about art. This is like, what you really here for. Yeah, like, you're here for your for your grades, like yeah. you know. But that the school good. that I came from was like, yo, the next couple years, the 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 the, the, the um the program is yours, but. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to hear that. I wanted the program to be mine right then and there. But you know, right. that's become that that's being like a business. Like I'm a freshman coming in. Yeah, I'm coming off averaging uh, 36 and 12 at a prep school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds mm -hmm. good. But when you go into college, you got you start from man, right? You yeah. starting all the way at the like exactly. that's it. Like, yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm getting they like freshmen and they shut up. About like, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> go back to Cleveland, you bum. <laughs> and all this stuff. I'm just like, wait, hold on. Yeah. You know who yeah, I? You know what exactly. I just did. And they're yeah. like, yeah, but you know what he just did last year? Like, this is the freshman of the year in the country, yeah. like in our division, like the hardest conference in in our. I play NAIA D one. Okay. So that's like a JUCO right. to NCAA D one. Mm -hmm. Like, so all the people that's old but still got eligibility, I'm playing against them. Them boys, like. The twenty-three year olds and the twenty-five year olds that still got eligibility, yeah. like grown yeah. men, like yeah. you know. But uh, I'm coming in like, man, I'm the man, and I got the, the assistant coach like, bro, you you can be the man in like two years. They want you to sit, wait like, your turn. Yeah, wait, like, yeah. bro, we just need you to defend right now and grab rip because that's all we need you to do right now. But. You're gonna have three years where the ball is gonna be in your hand, yeah. but I'm not trying to hear. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to hear. That's that. how a lot of sports is now too. It's like guys with this transfer portal. Oh man, oh, man. no, man. they ain't waiting at all now. Man. Either they gonna see some playing time right now, or they, they gone. Yeah, they gone. Yeah, they gone. But I, I mean, I get it. That, but I mean, it's, it's changing the landscape yeah. of college, college ball now. It's definitely, you know, that money, and the money involved in it now. It's times different from you know, when we were when we were. And you don't have to give us that money, man. What? Even <laughs> though I didn't even play college man. ball, but just to see, like you, you man, you give me any man, listen. And they were out clean at school mm -hmm. now too. Like it ain't no more struggle for them. 
Mm -hmm. uh, like the top, the elite players. Mm -hmm. Oh, they five million dollar NIL deal. Like you're like what? Ball, ball. But but I, and I ain't mad at it. But and it's gonna show you like who really wants it and who just content with making right. that money exactly. and if they just gonna up their game. Cause I mean some of the, some of the people they gonna rise to the occasion and go to the next level. Some kids might just say I'm good. I made my money. I I can take care of my family now. Let's. And it might not go to that next level. That's why, that's why I like comedy because it's like uh, there is no ni 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 nil deal in comedy where they say, "Hey, we're gonna we like you and we're gonna pay you X amount of money." Because guess what? More people will be content. Mm -hmm. As a comedian, you gotta go through the struggle. You gotta like, there's no money in this this stuff right now. You gotta work your way to get to the money. Like mm -hmm. you know, to to see that side of the of that side of the bridge, you gotta put the work in. You have to put right. the work in. And if you don't, if you don't want to, if you don't get paid, then that's on you because this is an individual sport. You gotta no put team. the work in. Yeah. You gotta put the only team that's in comedy is if you was a comedian and I'm a comedian. My team versus your team, and it's mm -hmm. our team's job to see who's gonna put us above one another. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only team that's in this comedy thing. Like you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Right. You don't don't get me wrong. You got your friends and you you, you help your boys out with this and the third. But at the end of the day, we uh, we want to be the best. Yeah, you still going yeah, at each other. Going like yeah, this yeah. is a competition. This is front of competition. My team versus your team. When you got that first opportunity, that first deal in, in San Diego, at, just just in that moment, did you feel like you had made it? At that time, like when you got that opportunity, like you said, um, when you went back from Houston to San Diego, no, because I, I wasn't in comedy. It was just a job, just a, oh. like a it was just like a, a, a regular job. But in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm in California now. I got you. Okay, I thought you was like sign like a deal to you know uh -huh. some stand up or something. No, 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 no. no. Okay. okay, okay. This was just an opportunity to get back to Cali, like. Oh, this is my opportunity to get back to Kelly. Like, yo, this is one step closer to LA. So now I'm in San Diego. All right, boom. What? I already know what to do now. Where's the open mic at? Where's this at? Where's the like? Where's the? I'm talking about the first the first day I stepped into the comedy scene in San Diego. I was like, it's mine. That's how I was, like I'm a competitor. I'm a hooper at heart. I'm like, who is who is what? Who is who is who? Who's the best? Who is what? That's okay. Let's get it. Mm -hmm. How how would you compare those to the comedy scene in San Diego compared to LA? Are they pretty similar or uh different? Different. Yeah, one is mainstream, the other one is not. Mm. I thought it, I, cause I, I never been to San Diego. How far is it? About two hours. Four, two hours. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so when you did your first open mic, how how would you describe your very first open mic that that first time? In Houston or San Diego? Oh, well, just what well, matter of fact, yeah, it's just period. Like your oh, yeah, first moment, very yeah, first. Moment. Yeah, how did you feel like it went? Because it's always interesting. You know, it went. It went good. Mm -hmm. It went good. And then the second time I went, it went very bad. For it, I was gonna ask what, what was that? Have you ever had one that kind of like? Oh yeah, I had people walk out the the, the, the show. <laughs> I had the whole front front row get up and walk out. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to run from it. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be able it's to. It's probably part of the process. Some people, some people, they might not go through that. Excuse me, but you're gonna. In some point in your career, you're gonna go through a point where it's like, Ugh. like you just can't escape. Yeah, it. that's just that's just how it is. How do you handle those moments where, uh, 
when it, when you have people walking out and it didn't go the way you expected. I mean, you might feel down about it, but like, like how do you handle those type of moments? It's part of it. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you probably got to have like a, just a strong. It's a it's a you have to be very, you have to be um um, you have to be un on stage. You have to be <laughs> uncomfortable knowing something is not gonna work. Mm. Just be ready for it. So no matter how many times you didn't practice some saying something, no matter how many times you practice it in the mirror, in the shower, in the car, this, that, and third, there's no people in front of you. So the moment you say those, say that exact same thing that you've been saying in the car, in the shower, walking, uh, in your room, and now you have an authentic crowd and you're saying it and, and nobody is saying anything, that's when it becomes, all right, can I handle this? Can I handle this awkward silence? How can I sit it? Can I sit in this and be cool with it? Or, or can I say this say this and stay in this awkward silence and it and it uh and it scares me. And it rattles me. Like, you know. Cause I, I think man, to me I think com comedy being a stand-up comedian has gotta be one of the scariest things because like you said in basketball, you have a team, so if you're struggling, you got other people to help pull yeah. you up, even when the crowd is watching, you got other teammates. But when you're on stage, it's just you it's by just yourself. Nobody, all the eyes, microphone stand, the yes. mic, everybody's just looking at you like, go. That's a scare. That's got to be a scare. Well, yeah. probably in the beginning might have been scary. People still get. You hear people all the time. I still, I get, I still get nervous. Like I'm like, that's good. It's, it's yeah. not wrong with that. But somebody like me, I don't get nervous. Really? No. So you just ready for the moment now? I'm just, ready for whatever. Man, that's. It probably bring me anxiety because you know, like I said, it's it's only you by yourself, and you just gotta you gotta deliver. But I guess over time, as you continue to do it for so long, you probably but see how. See, I'm different. Like you know, there's I'm not gonna say I'm different. I'm just like you know every other comedian. But I literally took years of like, studying, just studying, just studying, and like all right, what like being comfortable, being like. That's when I start hosting. Mm. Hosting helps with you being comfortable on stage, you know? So that's why I don't get, I had somebody in San Diego, by the time, uh, he's the reason why my comedy career is where it's at right now. This guy named Adam Love in San Diego. Mm. When I first moved to San Diego, uh, somebody told me about this show. And he was like, I can't guarantee you a spot, but come down, just check it out, hang out. So this is me knowing what he mean by this. When he say, I, I don't have a spot tonight for you, but just come down, introduce yourself, and just chop it up with everybody else and just network with people. Mm -hmm. Me hearing that now, when I hear that now, it's like, oh, he's testing mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Oh, he, he's testing me, but when Take I knew, at, when he told me that early in the game, I already knew because of the studying that I was doing, the different different interviews I was hearing people saying, like the stuff that I was listening to. When somebody say this, they're doing this. When somebody say this, they're doing that. So when I heard him say, hey, I ain't got no spot for you, but just come down. Who knows? Somebody might drop out. I'm like, bingo. Because I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Just a test to see if you really want it. Are you going to pull up? Mm -hmm. And you know what he did? He texted me and he said, hey, you going to pull up? I was coming anyways. Hey, you going to pull up? Somebody dropped out. I sit back. I get up there. I sit down, and he say, "Hey man, I need like ten minutes. You got ten minutes? No, but yeah. 
take advantage of that Because <laughs> you know, in that moment, he said he could not guarantee you anything. It was a test. You know how many people, just because it's not guaranteed a certain outcome, that they wouldn't even take that opportunity? I'm pulling up. I'm coming. You you be ready for that and moment. so after that set, I did very good. And then he hit me up and was like, later on that night, hey, um, this is how you talk. Hey, um, hey, Belial, um, I got a very important job for you. Can, can you, can you, can you host? I've never host a day in my life. But you don't tell me. I'm like, yeah, I can host. Yeah, yeah. I know how to host. Okay, great. I want you to host all my comedy shows. I got big name comedians from LA coming down to San Diego. You're going to be my guy. Click. The next day, he called me like at noon. Meet me at the spot at Lucky Lady Casino. That's when we was doing the shows. Mm -hmm. And I, this is and this is why I say this man is the reason why where I'm at in comedy now is because of him. He sat me down, ordered some chicken and some fries. We had some drinks, and we broke down Martin Lawrence hosting Def Jam mm -hmm. on what you're supposed to do as a host. He taught me, remember, he asked me, was I a host? I said, yes, yeah. I'm a host. But God, no, I've never hosted a day in my life. I've never hosted. So God, like, okay, I, I got you. He positioning you. I'm, I got you. Watch mm -hmm. this. Even though I know you ain't never host before, I'm about to, I'm about to throw you a bone. Mm -hmm. And you telling me everything about, like, you see what Martin is doing? Like, he's not taking... Away from the other, like when the, when the room is up here, as a host, you don't go up there and try to one up the dude that was just up there. No, you you keep the room like that so the next comedian can be have that same energy mm -hmm. right there. You don't wow. take away. You don't take away. You don't take that away from the comedian. Mm -hmm. They not you just there for backup. Right. You there if somebody sl like slip up and this that third. You bring the next comedian. You bring because it's not fair to them. Now. If you bring it, if, if you go up there and the comedian bring it, bring it back down here. Now you know what you gotta do. I said what? He said, now you gotta roast him a little bit. Mm. I said why? He said, because we are on the side of the consumers. Yeah, they pay tickets to come yeah. see us perform. It's your job as the host to bring it right back up there. So throw a little jab at them just to let the crowd know. Hey, look, I'm on your side. Mm -hmm. They, it's our job to come up here and do, make y'all laugh. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's our job to do that. So throw a little jab, get the get the room right back up there, bring the next comedian up. Mm -hmm. That's a real host. That's a good host. In the middle of that, is it important? Even though you throw a little jab at the previous comedian, is it a like kind of like an unwritten rule where you you throw a little jab but still don't do too much to like tear him completely down? No, no, I'm right. That ain't my. I don't. I don't know about, you know, in comedy, different comedians got different stuff that they say. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to keep going until I say it's done. Mm. Yeah. Especially if you're a comedian that's been asking to get on the show. Right. Hey, man, let me get on the show, man. Let me get on the show. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get on the show. I'm trying to get on the show. Hey, I want to get on the show. I want to get on the show. Yeah, you can get on the show. You do your thing. Hey, my dude. Oh, my God. Very, very funny. Look. I'm gonna get your information. Or I'm gonna get you on the next show, mm -hmm. but if you go up there and you do bad, I'm gonna let you have it mm. because it's like it's just like if we, if me and you cool and you see me do some some lame stuff, 
by you being my homie, you should be able to call it out. out. Man, that's no. That's yeah. come on, don't do that. Don't. Yeah. And you my homie. So if, if if I get mad and you if I get mad at you saying some real stuff to me, are you really my homie? Am I really like, am I really like, you feel me? You want to be able to keep it real with Yeah. We're, we're brothers in comedy. We're brothers and sisters in mm-hmm. comedy. We're on the consumers or all, because we want them to come back. Right. We want them to come back. We want them, we mm-hmm. want to let them know, look, hey, yeah, these and are brothers. And you're a big part, as a host, you'll be part yeah, of the reason why they will they come back. come back, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't, I jab them, and, but, but I jab them, but it's like one, like a, like a, well, like, ah, oh, that hurt, like, right. ah, oh, that, that sting a little bit. And that's just to let you know, hey, stay, like, keep, keep up on your rockers. Like, you feel me? Like, always be prepared. Mm-hmm. Always, and don't, and guess what? I'm not oblivious to that either. You if don't I care go somebody up, going in too. Yeah, of course, you say, you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't say something real, and then I go up there and say something like it, and I can't, I'm not too good for somebody to be like, uh, hey, man, Bilal. I think you should say this, tweak it, like, don't say this because this, that. I, what makes me think? What? what? Right. Mm-hmm. No. Say, you can get on me, too. Have you seen a situation, though, and not, no, no names or anything, is where, like, maybe a comedian has done bad and it just kind of, like, it just completely just ruins their confidence? Like, does that does that happen often in yeah. situations situation where they just... For some reason, they have a bad night and they just can't figure out a way to get get it back going. It happens to every one of us. Mm. It happens. To, but at that moment, is that gonna make you quit? Is that gonna is that gonna stop your confidence? Because if that if that knocks your confidence, then it was never for you. It for you. Yeah. It was never for you. So no matter what I say about a comedian, or and I don't even do that. I don't. But it depends on like it depends on how you do. If you do really bad, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be like, yo, look, listen. Sometimes it happens, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Just, just play off of it, like you know. But if if that makes you mad, if that makes you feel some type of way at me, don't get mad yeah. at me. Get mad at your opinion. Work back, work. Like back you know, what you mad at me for? Like I wasn't the one up there bombing. Right. But it happened to all of us. Right. It, you're not gonna be able to. It's okay. part of the process. It's part of it. So how long were you? Um, Doing the hosting and, and doing your shows in San Diego before you finally came um, to like two uh, years ago. Two years ago, mm-hmm. was it when you, when you when you first met me? Was my first year in uh, last year? Cause about a year and a half. Cause yeah, I came out yeah. here last year in June. Yep, was and when you, I just see. What, all right, so when you first met me was when I was making my rounds around LA, like seeing what is what, who was who, who, who was this, who was that. Mm-hmm. This and doing that and doing this and Gosh. oh I see what they not doing I'm gonna do this they not doing that I'm gonna do that oh they not doing this I'm gonna do this they really not doing it, I'm gonna do that so when it was time for me to produce my own shows now my show is like oh, who is this dude yeah I took the time because I'm a student I took the time and I went around the whole city to re- figure out what you dummies wasn't doing and mm-hmm. then just did it right. How often, um, I guess, were you doing shows like in that time? Like, how often, like in the beginning, like in San Diego, and then when you, even when you came here, like how often were you doing, like doing shows every week? Oh, um, when I'm in San Diego, I'm I'm producing, just producing. I'm producing shows, so it's like I do a monthly show, or like right now, if I wanted to go, like if I'm like next week, if I say all right, I'm gonna go down to San Diego. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get five shows. I'm gonna do I'm when I go down to San Diego, I'm gonna do about five shows. I'm gonna just hit those people up, the producers of those shows. Hey, I'm coming down. I'm, um, I need to jump on the show. Done deal. And they got you. Yeah. So so when you say you produce shows, can you, what what does that necessarily mean? Like when you when you produce a show, I come up with the show. I come I come up with the the name of the show, the the lineup, everything. Mm, okay. And it's, it has your name and your your yeah. brand and everything going. So when people know, like, if it's your business. If it's Western Young Experience, they know it's Bilal. And they know, like, okay, he puts on a great show, so we're going to yes. come. So how so how often are you producing shows now? Um, Whenever I, whenever I decide to do you. Like, yeah, so if I'm not on the road with one of my friends or I'm not on the road with somebody, uh, I could be, like, having a conversation right here. Like, like hmm, I'm going to do a show. It's like January. And then start prepping for it. How how often would you recommend comedians to do shows like weekly, even if they're not at at the level of like producing the show? Like, how often would you recommend like a a comedian just to just do shows and like kind of get every day, every day? Like depending on like what level they are, but you should like you, you gotta get comfortable on the stage. That's 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 the biggest thing. Like you can have everything to say in the world, but if you're not confident. And saying it, the crowd knows when you're not confident. Mm. They know. You know when somebody when you you know when when you somebody up on the stage and they little stuff that they start doing like you be like oh I don't know about you start saying little stuff like I don't know about him or her like you know because you can just see it. Mm-hmm. So you like like I know it's so cliche for like people like so I'm a, I'm I'm a comedian I'm just starting out we're like what's the best advice you give me and they always say man stage time because that's true like. That's the only way you're going to learn. It's just like swimming. Man, should I take swimming lessons? My uncle just threw me in the deep end. Just throw you out there. You'll figure it out. really the best experience is life is just getting out there. It's experience. Doing best hands on experience. experience. And I, I tell, man, I, I, t- when I, I remember when I, when I first got my internship in college, and I just wanted to do something with sports. It was crazy because all of this started because um, I just wanted to do something sports related in college, and I didn't really find that out, figured out until like my senior year. But I remember sitting in my dorm room at school, mm-hmm. and I would just remember in the very beginning when Stephen A would be on um, first tape with Skip, he would be on there a couple days a week or so, um, and I would just see them sitting there and just talk about sports. And I'm like, man, they seem like a cool job, just not understanding like behind the scenes of what goes into it and what they put into their crap. To their crap, I was like, they look simple. I can talk about sports too, and. Once I did that, man, and just uh, reached out to one of my mentors, Coach Cox, and he gave me the opportunity. He came to my job. I was working at Costco, and I was at a gas station because I was still in college working part-time out there. And he used to have these these decals on the back of his car of all the teams in couple, like Clemson, South Carolina, Duke, North Carolina. And I was just like, man, um, that's new couple sports. And he would just tell me different events he's getting ready to go to. And I was like, okay, it's cool. I was like, I'm looking for an internship for school. Gave him his card. He said, shoot me a call. Um, gave him a call, and he told me, he brought me along with him to cover a uh, Broome High School football game, um, like a jamboree. So, like I said, going to that hands-on experience, like, man, I thought I was just going to get in there and watch him and his um, color commentary partner just, you know, start no, like, no, hold the boom. Hold the boom. Do this, and put the headphones on. Here's your credentials, man. and here's this, and here's that. Threw like, me right in the fire. Yeah. And I was nervous, but... At a moment, like, so I played high school football, but like I said, I wasn't great, but, you know, 
to get me going and, and kind of like break the ice, he would just ask me about like, what do you see on the field? Or like, how do you feel about this certain situation, this play that they ran and stuff like that. So it just took me back to like my experience, you know, playing ball. But like I said, just sitting back there learning is great. But then also, you, like I said, I prayed for it. And I, that's what I asked God to give me the opportunity to do work in sports. And just like that, when it was the first event that I ever went to, he threw me a headset and just had me in the commentating game. So it's like, you gotta be ready for those, be ready. those, those hands on moments, man. And, and ever since then, it, everything we've been doing, like we still, you know, cover sports. Um, of course, like I said, I cover the mm -hmm. um, Charlotte Hornets now. Um, and we do some stuff with South Carolina State, the HBCU that we have in South Carolina. But uh, man, just getting in there, and I, people tell me, like, how did you do this? I said, man, just get started. like. Even like you want to do a podcast, do interviews, and just start. Like right. you don't even have to have like all, all this equipment and stuff. Just turn it on. Cause it's even even let's just say you give somebody all this equipment from the jump. And they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to use it. They you don't have to take you don't have to take time to research how to use it. Man, so like you, you might as well start simple and then grow into that. Like I'm you telling know? you, like. I started, I, everything that I've ever recorded is still up to this day because I started um, recording stuff on SoundCloud. And I didn't I ain't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how to edit audio at the time. So I was sitting in my dad's um, storage building in the backyard just recording myself. And I'll I never forget, it was the episode where we were talking about, um, it was Lamar Odom had overdosed and Steve Spurry had just like left the Gamecocks in the middle of the season. And I was just talking and I didn't even like the way I sounded and I didn't know how to edit the audio and I just paused for a second because I froze up because I didn't know what else to say. But that whole episode was probably like 17 minutes or so. I put it up online and I was like, man, I'm gonna just go back. So over time, like, see I can go back, see how far I can. Man, I ain't have a, I ain't have no microphones or nothing. I just had a laptop, no cameras, nothing. But from that backyard to here now, it's like, you just have to get started, man. Man, started. you never know how this stuff is never know. is gonna go for. Never know. So now, have you have you ever felt like you got into a point where you're like a certain show or any moment was like, now I know I'm meant to be in comedy. Mm-hmm. When I um, I won't say a show is a person that I met. I met um. One of the uh, like the head top head people at the Laugh Factory that that works through the Laugh Factory, okay. and um, just conversation, like you know. And then before you know it, he just start telling me different business stuff that's happening within the company and different um, like what to look out for in comedy like for different like you know just telling me the business side like there's one thing knowing comedy from a comedian standpoint but if you don't know this business that's where you can get after over at like you know so he was teaching me stuff about the business that I I didn't even know mm. and I'm like okay coming from this person this has to be like I like I'm in it, like you know. Right. I'm 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 in it now to where like, all right, I I gotta take this serious because the information that's being told to me, you know, is being you know in, in, in confidence is being told in confidence is being told in like you know certain stuff you're not gonna tell people if you don't 
you know, you're not going to be blurting at the mouth to just, you're not going to be telling somebody just any old thing to right. any old person, you know? Right. So when I had that conversation with uh, that individual and then, um, like you was talking about Ron G earlier, um, ever since I met Ron, he's been like, man, super humble, man. Man, that dude, Ron G, man, shout out to Ron G, man, like, I like he, him and uh, a producer out here are like those are like I don't have a lot of friends in like in, in comedy like that. Mm-hmm. But Ron G and then my my guy Ronnie over at Two Funny Tuesday. Um, I'm gonna actually get you the interview and get him over too. Okay. Um, just having conversations about them and the, the people that they put me around and the people that they introduced me to and it's a conversation that like look you like dude you you got it. like whatever you doing man like this is what ron's telling me like i've never met somebody like you mm-hmm. that that's in your position that can like give opportunities to people like to put people like you know like you're in a deadly position like mm-hmm. And people like people see me. People know who I am around the scene, but I'm not like a talkative person. But I don't put people that I don't know on comedy shows. I've put people that I don't know on podcasts. I put. I'm like the LeBron James of comedy. Mm. You know, it's love. That's because I'm. I, I can't. I can't. There's no. There's no use of the resource if I go to the grave with these resources. Like exactly. you know, and if I look out for you. I'm I'm so cold, Carlos. I'm so cold. I'm so cold right. in this. Yeah. Listen, I'm so. What camera? What, what camera should I look? That which right. one? Listen, <laughs> I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I can tell you my whole game plan, and you still won't be able to stop me. I can look out for each and every. I can look out for everybody because guess what? It's enough for all. You, if you look out that window, you see how big it is out here, mm-hmm. man. What 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 uses? The stuff that I know, I can, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I reach? Why wouldn't I look out for somebody exactly. else? Why wouldn't I do that? Like, I, that's not how God works. You don't. You know, you ever like? I give somebody the shirt off my back. Would you? Exactly. Would you really? Many people just say that just because that's the right thing to say. Yeah. But would you really? Yeah, but would you really? Mm-hmm. Like, if you, it's been plenty of times where I couldn't do a show, and then you know somebody, you you know somebody that like that I can get on this show. I can say, nah. nah. I know, yes, I know people. Exactly. Of course, you know I know people. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I got you. Yo, go do this, boom, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's been times where people look, ask me, hey man, I need a comedian for the, reach out to this person. Don't tell them I sent you. That's what I say. Don't tell them, don't tell them I sent you. Just say, hey, I heard about, I heard. Why you won't? Because that's not what it's about. Right. Exactly, just, you trying to look out for them. Because you know why? In this city, I don't want people to be thinking that, oh, go help, go holler at Bilal, because he Cause gonna, he gonna like, put you on yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, we, I'm all, in, I'm still, I'm still trying to get it too. Right. Like you, you know, right. I'm, I'm still trying to get it as well. Like mm-hmm. you know, but by us being in that same situation, in the like, we all at recess. Just because I know how to kick the ball a little further, just because I know how to kick home runs, don't mean we, man, we still in the same, we in the same yeah. game. But I, I, you can get on base, I can get you home. Right? Mm. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm on base, you can get me home. 
Like, you feel me? Mm -hmm. That's how that's how it is, yeah. but a lot of people like they don't want you to get ahead of them. So exactly. They, 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 they think, yeah, so you know, they'll see me and then they'll feel like, who is this dude then? This dude's always with this person. This dude. Now, no, my man, check this out. Once again, I should not say this, but I'm going to say it. You talk to somebody that can give you an opportunity. Mm. That's powerful right there. You talking mm. down to somebody that can get you an opportunity. And they don't even realize. They don't even know. You talk, As a matter of fact, you're talking to somebody that's giving you opportunities. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know that. And that's powerful, right? Yeah, because I don't need nobody saying, you know, hey, man, you ain't, hey, hey man, Bilal was this or Bilal. No, Bilal just doing what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm supposed to look out. Does that, happen, does that happen a lot out here in L.A. where, I guess, comedians, you will thank you, since y'all are in that same space, it was kind of, it should be like a fraternity where it's sacred and everybody looks out for each other. But does that happen often where comedians, you know, turn their back on others or... Go yeah. behind that back door and yeah. for, for other opportunities. Yeah, and it's fine. And I, I look at it double head. Once again, you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna stop what I got going on. Mm -hmm. So you can backdoor me, excuse me, backdoor me and say this and say that and this that and third. I'm not. I don't feel no type of way because you can tell you how God work. You can do all that and you can go in for for audition. You can go in for audition and guess who's gonna be sitting at the table? And you can be right Me. at the table. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now now your now your decision is in my hands. Now the decision is in my hands. Yep. And you just did all this that third. Now no, I I done seen it. I, I seen mm -hmm. it. Next. But you tell you the type of person I am. Even if you did you don't all that. Person. Yeah, even if you did all that. If you really if you really fit for that role, hey no. That's the one that's gonna be the person that's gonna get out. Why well, ain't no reason for me yeah. to come on? Why would I do that? You don't man? even wanna in the yeah. process of all that. You don't even wanna block your blessings. Right, you blocking say. somebody else because come on, no. Yeah. You mm -hmm. you supposed to be saying whatever you saying about me because if you're not, I'm not doing. I'm not. I'm not being me. Mm -hmm. And I'm all. You know what I'm saying? I'm me for. I'm me. Mm -hmm. You know? Can you take me to a moment where you know where everything that, that you're doing, you're thriving. What was that initial conversation like when you um, told your family, like, hey, I want to, you know, be a comedian? Like, I know you had your support out here in San Diego, but your family was still in Cleveland, correct? Nobody, no one knew I was a comedian until they saw it on Facebook. Mm. And then I just recently went back home to perform for my family for the first time. Man. And how, how was that moment? Was great. Amazing. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. So you... Amazing. Were you? Did you think you were? Were you uh, afraid to tell them at the moment, or what you want no, to do? It was just fault. You just, just, just wanted to work. I my whole thing is there's no reason for me to tell somebody what I'm doing. One, I don't want you to project your insecurities on me. Mm -hmm. And two, it's my vision. Mm -hmm. I'm you're not supposed to see what I see. Exactly. You ain't supposed to see what I see. In, in our in our community, in the black community, they don't, don't nobody believe it until they see it. That's bad. And then they're like, "Oh, I knew you." Oh, I knew exactly. Yeah. I knew you. Already knew. I've been knew that you can do that, man. Mm -hmm. You should have been started doing that. All right. So if I would have told you, yo, this is what I want to do, would you really have actually mm -hmm. helped me to to get to where I, you know? Yeah. So it's to to save all that. I could have been wrong. No, don't get it twisted. I could, 
it might, I might have probably had some help. But just to, once again, this is an individual thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So to, to erase all the BS and all the heartbreak and disappointment, I'm going to just do it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when, you, when you're from a certain place, wherever you're from, like your hometown, it's almost like those people see you, saw you grow up every single day. Mm -hmm. So they just look at you as Balao. Like, all right, we already knew him. We went to school yeah, with exactly. him. We know his people. Exactly. Like, we know what his whole family does. Like, so they don't think you can do anything exceptional or whatever. They mm -hmm. just thought you would just follow, like you said, just follow the normal what everybody else yeah. does. So it's just like, and I think that's a lot of like, why a lot of people, you know, get out of their hometowns and go somewhere else. And they build successful businesses or go after their dreams because it's like the people that you're around all the time at home. It's like you just said, like your biggest supporters are always like strange, the people that you don't even even know. And it's a, which I I still wonder why it's like that. I mean, you would think. I mean, for me, honestly, my my family and friends are very supportive. Um, of course, my my parents always wanted the best for me, um, which to them it may have looked like a, just a traditional nine to five. But I think that turning point moment for me was when I finally had my book signed and when I released my first book a couple of years ago and to see how I had my friends from college that I hadn't seen since I graduated so my book I graduated 2014 my book signing was in 2021 mm -hmm. so to have my college friends I hadn't seen in seven years come and some of my co-workers and, and my family and friends there so for them to see that moment and see me bring so many people together that I haven't seen in years right. or, how, or how they haven't seen in years to right. see something like you using your gift to bring all these people together. Mm -hmm. When they see this, it, like, okay, now I, now I, I get it. I might not see his vision of what he's tr doing or what he's trying to go, but everything is just like, go after it. Like just go all in and, and continue to pursue your dreams, man. But that's a, that's a, um, a special, Special moment for we got a few more questions and we'll get ready to uh wrap it wrap it up. Like what what would you say is some of the uh and best advice, um another piece of advice would you say is some of the best that you've received? Um man, that's so much. That's so many uh, oh actually from Ron. Um take your time. You know. Mm -hmm. Uh we live in a um social media uh, driven based society where post this, post that, post this. And you know, mm -hmm. I talk to Ron like every day, you know, like that's like my brother. So he like, cause I was getting ready to uh, shoot a special and he like, no. I'm like, why? He like, are you not even 10 years in? Like, you don't like, you don't know nothing yet. Like, like relax. Like, you know, like a special, like you know, like it's when like you, it's like a, it's it's uh like come on, bro. Mm -hmm. what, what do you like? You know, once again, what like talk to me? Just like tell me if I'm off my rockers. You feel mm -hmm. me? You like, no, take your time. Like relax. Like what you're doing right now. Like I'm telling you, man, bro. Relax. Like you're going. Like you're going to be fine. Take your time with the like. Just keep doing whatever you're doing right now. Do that. And that that was the perfect advice that he can give you. Give me mm -hmm. because if I shoot a special, put it out, and then let's say Netflix like, hey, but we want to finally give you a special. Guess what? You can't use that. It's already out. It's already everybody out. Has seen it on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, mm -hmm. and then you know I just shot it. So everybody, they mom, now you gonna put it on Netflix? It's like now when somebody see it, they're like, oh, I already saw it. Yeah, that's you know. Speaking about social media, like 
how do you feel about this era like social media communities? Because I remember the very first community that I ever interviewed was five years ago, and I interviewed Daisy Banks when I was down, down went down to Atlanta. And at the time, you know, he was he he had maybe like a million followers. Mm -hmm. His following was just growing. And I, when I was asking him, like he first started, he was on he started on Vine. You know, mm -hmm. remember Vine the little yeah, six six seven. And then he started going to like uh, Instagram, and then he said things began to like finally take off for him. And you know, he does a lot of skits online, mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with that. A lot of comedians, uh, a lot of um, comedians are starting to do those skits. But how, how do you feel about the the social media era of like what comedians like do skits and then trying to make it translate over into like a stand up show? I have. Um There is a, uh, how can I say this? There's no other way to say it. Uh, when you shoot a skit, there's there's one thing that you can do that you can't do on stage. You can redo it. Yep. So if it don't, if it's not good, I I can shoot it. I can shoot a, a skit on 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 Instagram. Look. Play it back, uh, redo it. Mm -hmm. I can't do that with stand up. Stand up is a whole. It's like a, and it's no knock against the social media comedian and what they're doing. It's mm -hmm. like their whole thing is they're trying to get respect from the traditional comedian because they're calling themselves comedians. Mm -hmm. But guess what? They are comedians because what they're doing is providing comedy in some sort, mm -hmm. but it's just not in the form of what a traditional stand-up comedian was would be. Right. So, as like, if you're an Instagram comedian, like, my thing is stay stay right there until you you know you got a solid 15, 20 minute that you, that you're working with mm -hmm. that you like. All right, I want to go out and let, let me let me do this. But it's hard because you know those. Those comedians, they're selling tickets. This, mm -hmm. you know, them, the comedy, the comedy clubs are looking at those guys like it's not about being funny; it's about putting butts in the seat. Like, like how the follow. Know, Do you yeah. think that's good for comedy though? For like horrible, very bad. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. So I don't guess it's maybe like a a, a solution to how, but and it's probably it's not gonna translate for for all of them that do that to where they mm -hmm. just do skits online. Mm -hmm. And then try to translate it into like an actual show, though. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming, like, when you do that online, you don't want to use what you shot online and, and then try to do it in the show because everybody's pretty much seen it. Right. What do you, what yeah. you say? Yeah. Do you do you do you try to stay away from like doing skits or putting pieces of content online on social media and not not doing it in the actual show? Well, I'm not a I'm, I'm not a I'm not a social media guy, so mm -hmm. I, I could care less about it. But and I believe that's probably what's holding me back a little bit is the whole so, like the online presence. But I'm just not into it. Like I, right. I know I'm a comedian. Like, right. I'm a stand-up comedian. Like, come see me live. Mm -hmm. I rather you come see me live versus uh, like I'm not into the whole. Let's put a bit out. If I put a bit out, it's a joke. I'm not gonna use it. Yeah, I was about to say, so once you put it online, that's it. Yeah. So what I do now is like, this is one of a, a hack that I do is like, 
all my old stuff I put out. Mm-hmm. So when you come to a show and you see some, you see an old JoJo that's on my Instagram, you're not. I, I want to trick you. You think you coming to the show to see those same jokes you just seen on my Instagram, but I got a whole set, a whole different set. And sometimes, mm-hmm. so if I do a weekend, if I do four shows in a weekend, I'm doing four different sets because some of those people might come to the show tomorrow mm. or the, that next night. Yeah, so you do two shows a night, four mm-hmm. shows, like two two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. I do a show. I do a, a show. I do a set for the seven thirty show, and then the nine thirty show. I do a whole oh, different set. set, and then the next day I do the nine thirty show for the seven, for the seven, seven. And, then seven, and then for the nine. How do you know what when you do shows for for different artists? How how do you figure out? How long does it take you to process like what jokes you want to tell for? Do you try to get a feel for the room and say, okay, if they buy off this, I'm gonna use these set of jokes, and if they don't, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Or do you just already know what you? I'm doing? listening to the. Uh, I'm listening to the host for about like three minutes, two to three minutes, because that's gonna engage me. That's gonna let me know. Oh, they like these type of jokes. They like this type of joke. That, and then I see what you're wearing, mm. and then I look at what you're drinking. Because that's gonna let if you, you got hard, if you got hard liquor. Oh, I'm going raunchy with this crowd. Mm-hmm. If I see if I see a couple Jack Cokes and Jamesons and and and, and Patrons and stuff, oh, this is gonna be a rowdy crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm a, oh yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go rowdy. But if you're nice and well dressed and you know couple and stuff, I already know uh, kids, um, uh, relationship, uh, quick stuff that I can like you know just I can I can just go any way or what like any way I want to. Mm-hmm. When I, you know, just lo- those little things, but that's just me being a host, like you know, observing, like being just just watching, mm-hmm. listening to conversations. Like I was at work at this time, and I'm like, oh, they was at work. Mm, okay, hey, y'all, ever, uh, you know, be able to, you ever be at work and such and such and such? You know what's gonna happen? We were just talking yeah. about that. Yeah. Now it's now. Oh, can we get a picture with you? You were funny when you said that about the job. Me and my homie were just talking about you. that. Now, now you coming back. And they can something that they can they relate, relate to. to. As a comedian, what would you say? Is there anything that's like off limits, like regardless of as a comedian, that you just like it's like a that you don't touch at all now? Uh, more uh, a lot of these comedians, and I'll be like, like they they call themselves comedians and then be scared to say stuff. There's nothing off limits for me. I'm saying what like because you gotta think about it. think about this when you go to a comedy show. You're looking like you're looking for a comedian to say something crazy, mm-hmm. to say some funny, crazy stuff. Because, man, he's a com- like you ever hear somebody like a comedian say something? You're like, hey man, he's a comedian, man. Like that's what they do, man. They yeah, say they crazy yeah. stuff. They, they so all right. If that's what we do, why go away from it? Why be mm-hmm. scared to say something crazy? Right. This is your thought process. Take me mm-hmm. to your thought process. Why you think? Why the way you think is like this? And tell me, make it funny. Why? Mm-hmm. But and you know like. Times are different now. It's like the the quote unquote cancel culture. Like just like we were saying earlier, like with the kings are coming. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that they were saying back then, you know, people will really get offended or get all. Yeah, but you know why people? You know why people? It's not people. You know, the comedians won't get offended. The the um the sponsors would get offended. The people mm-hmm. you're in partnerships with mm-hmm. because of the all the. 
people always people feel entitled now. Yeah. It's not it's it's not what you're saying is bad. It's oh, you can't say that because I feel uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. now that I feel uncomfortable, hey, let's cancel this person because this that's crazy. Yeah. And they just say if they disagree with you, if, if they disagree with you, oh, we're gonna tear, tear you down. Mm-hmm. But man, my thing is that if you go to a comedy show and you know this person is a comedian, you already know like what you coming for. Like, why would you come sit in here and, and you, if you don't like something, like you already know. You say I come out the gate and just, I come out the gate with a haymaker, just mm-hmm. cause, just like all right, let me just see where they at. Not that I really give a crap, but I'm gonna just see where they at. Like. Mm-hmm. We got a few more questions and we'll get ready to wind it down. Um, let's let's do this. I'm gonna uh, give you some uh, some choices of like sitcoms that uh, we grew up watching. Let's just say I'm gonna say Martin. You got the Jamie Foxx show. You got Fresh Prince. You got In Living Color. Um, what would you say is like your favorite? Martin. Martin. That's not even yeah, that's I said the same thing. I I asked Ron G the same thing. Like, which one would you? What to you? What made Martin, you know, so special, relatable? Mm-hmm. Check this out. You want to hear something crazy? Mm-hmm. I, I said this yesterday. Watch this. We give uh, Russell Wilson. We look at Russell Wilson, uh, Will Smith. We look at all these other people as uh, relationship goals. I hate that stuff too. But all right, check this out. Why don't we give Martin his flowers as a as a man, a black man? You know why? If you look at Martin, Martin was loyal to Gina. Gina was loyal to Martin. Didn't matter what the circumstances were. They both was goofy. They did everything mm-hmm. together. And don't nobody say nothing about Martin. Everybody, everybody want to bring out Russell Wilson and all these actors. And mm-hmm. but what about Martin? Martin stayed like Martin was the he he was loyal to Gina. Held like, her down. Held her down. Mm-hmm. Held her down. Was goofy like what they? No, nobody talk about that. Yeah, that was. So that's why I like Martin. Martin was relatable. Martin was yeah. this like come on. They was playing match like the stuff that we like. You know, trying to hook your homeboy up with your with her homegirl yeah. like stuff like that. that like crazy. Pam and Tommy would start messing with each other. Tommy got a job. Got no job. Don't know what you doing. Like you, it's yeah. always that one person. Got, always got money, always fly. What do you do? What you do? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I just uh, probably work at McDonald's. You'll never know. Like you know, but he ain't go. Just that one person just ain't gonna tell all my business. That's Tommy. Mm-hmm. You know, classic man. Give me, give me your top. Let's say your top five comedians. Like who you're just your favorite comedians. And in order, no or? particular. If you want to put in order, you can. But no particular order. Um. Cat Williams, Jamie Foxx, Will Ferrell. Okay, I like Will Ferrell. He's so funny. Um, Does Will Ferrell do stand up? No, he used to. Okay, he he started out as a stand up. But um, um, hmm, we might have to look into that. I thought he, I think he started up as a uh, stand up for a little bit. But even okay, let's let's. I want to keep well in there. You keep me up. You keep me up. So uh, Cedric, I like Cedric. Cedric funny man. Um, that's four. Okay. Um, one more. 
No. Eddie. 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 The second one you said was Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Do you think he gets to me, the, he's the To me, he's the, the greatest comedian of all time. I was about to say, I, Jamie might be the most talented yeah, com- the, comedian. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie. Period. Like from he, from the wide range of he, acting, singing, man, he he, Jamie, he can do it all, man. Jamie Foxx, like when you talking about lat like, have you ever seen I Might Need Security? But I think I got that one at home. I I got um, Live from Fox Hope. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but um, I Might Need Security. Oh my goodness, I might man, see, I gotta think that. We got, got the, DVDs. he got the blue uh blue shirt on, he playing the piano and stuff. He he do everything for like he's like he's doing everything. Yeah. Like Jamie, yeah, Jamie. He, he I was definitely gotta be in the conversation of just like one of yeah, the greatest like, yeah. Because not only can he do funny stuff, like he, he tells stories, he, he will roast you, he can sing, mm-hmm. he can like play the like, yeah, he just yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Jamie. As we get ready to wind down, what are some goals that you have, you know, closing out this year and heading into 2024 and beyond? Um, closing out this year, uh, the, the, the level of focusness I need to obtain going into the new year. Like, you know, I have to, um, yeah, just pretty much like buckle down and, and actually figure out, not figure out what I want to do, but like, Keep it like making sure I just stay focused on what I'm out here for, mm-hmm. you know. And because you know, I got my hands on a few things out here, but um, and then going into the new year, um, I want to slowly but surely start um, prepping into like uh, becoming an agent, okay? Yeah, because when comedy is all said and done, I want to have my own agency where I represent comedians, mm-hmm. and, you know, because I know. I have resources, like you know, I have people like. Mm-hmm. That's why. I, that's why I say I'm the LeBron James of comedy, cause like I, like when you said you was coming out here, I was like, oh, my homie is doing just, like. It, it was just like I, I, real. Could, I couldn't. I'll I just gotta do it. Like it's mm-hmm. just like yo, yo, this is a perfect time. Like this is a comedy festival. Like I ain't know nothing like, about the festival. Nothing, or anything. Nothing. And I was like, yo, like you hit me. Like I'm coming out. We're gonna do the the podcast. And I'm like, wait, you should do um, the, just like that. the festival at the Pies House. Like, you should definitely do, like, my homies, right? Like, like that. yeah. And now look at y'all, like, I'm, I'm actually going over there. So, because yeah. yeah. it's the last night, so I'm going to go. I'm gonna yeah, that's going to be so. dope, man. And, I, and I, like I said, I, I appreciate you for, for doing that. Because you didn't even have to do it. You could be like, no, nah, I don't really know nothing. Like I said, nothing yeah, going on. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I got to, like, yeah. got to, man. That's how you get your blessings, man. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely get your blessings that way. So, and I, and I appreciate you for, for rocking it out, man. Like, yeah, knocking it out the park the way y'all doing man, it. You and, your, you and your, 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 your partner, man. Yeah. Y'all just out, out here. And I know y'all out here doing y'all thing because you happy. Like, yeah. every time I talk to you, like, yo, like, I talk to you, you like, yo, I'm still at the yeah, yeah. We still at the. Hey, yo, man, it's, it's lit over here. It's just, I almost stopped what I was doing. Like, hold on. Man, Do man. I gotta pull up? <laughs> hey, like, we since we got here, like we really been working like the whole time. So getting get picking everything settled in. We shot over there. We stayed over there till about twelve o'clock, twelve thirty. 
Mind you, we still on East Coast time for us, so Yo, our body just ready yeah, to shut down. Shut down. Oh, yeah. Get back up yesterday morning. We had an interview at 10 o'clock over at Burbank. Mm-hmm. Left Burbank, went back to the comedy club, and we stayed there till about 5 o'clock, 5.30, just um, doing interviews and everything. And then we came back here. But, man, we've really been just cranking out. And we've done over 10 interviews since we've been here. So you just working, yeah, that's, man. That's, and it's love, man. And like I said, yeah. I appreciate you for doing that. Hell yeah, man, for sure, man. A, a few more questions. Yeah. Has LA been everything that you thought it would be? Because like when I look at it, it's like a lot of people might, you see the, the glitz and the glam, and then you see all the superstars, and you got the Lakers, Clippers, you got the Rams, Chargers, all this stuff, the Dodgers, um, and you see all these celebrities in courtside or at these games. Has LA been everything that you thought it would be? And then some. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even tapped in like, all the way into LA like that, but just a short amount of time that I've been here, I've been in some of the dopest parties, some of the dopest events, some of the dopest shows, been a part of some of the dopest shows, mm-hmm. dopest, dopest events, like, and I haven't even scratched the surface, like, right. so it, it's, it's been that event time, so. Have you, have you been able to meet anybody that oh, kind of had yeah. Star Trek and he's like, dang, I'm really in that's when I That's when I realized, I'm like, oh, I'm, oh. I'm in comedy. Like when I was when I did the Netflix is a joke comedy festival like a year or two ago. When the, the first time that they had it here. And I'm in the room with Joe Coy and Dion Cole and Cat Williams. Joe Coy is crazy too. Uh, yeah, like just uh JB Smooth and like all oh, like I'm a, like I'm around these people and I'm just like Dang, like I used to watch like I used to watch these people on the TV and I like I'm like Right there, like right like this, like like mm-hmm. like, and it's the the same conversations we be having. Like it's they regular they, they people. Regular people. There are people. they are regular people. They just got they you know they have a publicist. They mm-hmm. have a manager. They have like you know brands and this. But man, they just like talking to sports and talking about man. I like this person. I like like mm-hmm. you know like man. So I tell people that all the time is like when I cover professional athletes, like working with the Hornets and everything, like. Before COVID, like when I was interning mm-hmm. uh, years ago, we used to go into the locker room to interview the players and coaches. I mean, they they eat the same stuff we eat, listen yeah, to the same music, have yeah. conversation. They just regular people. Regular people. Financial situation yeah. might be different, yeah. but they just like regular people. But I remember, um, I remember I, I was I told this story numerous times. Like um, the first game I ever went to, when I, when I covered ACC Media Day with, with Coach. Um, and he's we had a Newberry cover of the Broman Newberry fo- high school football game. He said, I got ACC media day. What do you want? And then after that, I'm going to cover the Hornets season opener. He's like, would you like to go with me? I said, yeah, that's cool. So we go for ACC media day. We go to the Western Hotel in Charlotte. And we were getting ready to go to the media room. And then we were walking by Coach K. And then Coach K looked at me and waved and spoke. I said, Damn, that's, like, that's Coach K. And then you see Jim Beheim and Roy Williams from North Carolina and Rick Pitino, mm-hmm. Jamie Dixon out at uh at uh Pittsburgh and Coach Hamilton for uh, Florida State. And then after that we um and while while we were in there, I was I sat back and I didn't ask any questions for us for a little while because I was nervous and I'll never forget and I wrote about this in my book, it was this lady named Bash Ty Hurt. She had started her own uh, media company called Carolina Blitz. And she was sitting in front of me, and then after one of the coaches got off the stage, I was like, man, I'm nervous. This is my first time being here. And I'm, I'm 22 years old at the right, time. Right. 
And she's like, man, I understand how you feel. She's like, I was the same way when I first started. But she said, you're going to be fine. She said, just remember, these are your peers now. She said, don't put them on a pedestal because right. if you do, you already yep, lost. Yep. She said, just settle down. You're going to be fine. Just ask him no no, no no question is a dumb question. Exactly. It, it, there's no such thing as a dumb question. So once she told me that, man, I just started firing off questions. And, man, it just Because guess good. what? Your question might be a question that go viral. And then they be like, I was in that mm -hmm. room when he said that. Like, you know? And I still remember the question I asked uh, Coach K because this was when um, Jaleel Okafor was at uh, Duke at the time. This is his freshman year. Oh, and I – yeah. And I asked him, I was like, how do you feel about, you know, um, um, players being one and done? He said something along the lines of, um, there's nothing wrong, but I think they need to try, you know, something along the lines of they need to, NCAA need to try to figure out a way to work with the players or, or something like that. We leave ACC media, they go cover the Hornets. This is when they transition back from the Bobcats to the Hornets. Mm -hmm. um, this was October 28th or 29th of 2014. Giannis might have been in like his second year with the Bucks. So I didn't really know who he was at the time because he didn't make, he's not who he is now. Exactly. Hornets won the game. We, we walked down the hallway, um, going to the media, back to the media room. I'm going this way and Michael Jordan coming this way. So it's just like when you see him, he's just like, this, this is Michael Jordan right here. And he got secured around. I didn't speak to him and then I'm just looking because I'm like starstruck. I'm like, dang, this. Michael Jordan, this like the basketball guy right here. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, this the one. He's he's him. It, <laughs> bro, it was crazy. So it was just like I'm a 22 year old college kid. I'm from Jonesville, South Carolina, a small town with three lights in our whole town. And I seen Roy Williams and Coach K and Patino and Michael Jordan. And then we go into the locker room and. You see Kimball Walker and Lance Stevenson and, and Al Jefferson and all the players in the NBA. I see all these guys in one day. Mm -hmm. Man, that changing. Life changing, man. And it was just so dope to, to experience that. I was, I was just so thankful for that opportunity. So I'm, I always tell Coach Cox, whenever I see him, thank you, because you didn't have to do that. Like right. You could have gave me a business card and just Said you, um, but see, look, yeah. like, what, what use is this if I'm gonna just if I'm not gonna he, he put me on, man. And just look. it was a game changer, so I'm, I'm forever grateful for that opportunity, man. My, my final two questions if you had to give somebody advice, maybe they don't want to be a comedian, they just want to pursue their dream. What advice would you give them? Don't tell nobody, mm. and put your head down and just go. Mm. Don't worry about no relationship. Don't worry about no family. Don't worry about like you know, not don't worry about family, but like the moment you get into a relationship, they're not gonna understand. The moment you tell your family, they're not gonna understand. So it's best if you just can. It, can this mic hear me back here? Okay. Yeah, it's it's picking up. It doesn't mean if okay. you set up a little bit, it'll be better. But it, it's picking up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't uh, don't tell anyone and put your head down and, and just like go. Mm -hmm. That that's don't because the moment you tell tell someone they're gonna believe in you, in you until it gets hard, mm -hmm. and then it's gonna be I don't know why you doing it. ain't this, this ain't happening yet like what do you mean like oh this taking it uh, you say you doing it you you want to be this and you did oh uh, whatever I'm leaving and then guess what that person leaves and now you're dealing with heartbreak. And you're dealing with depression. You're dealing with this, that, and third, which slows down the process of you walking in purpose. Right. You feel me? Absolutely. So when you're walking in purpose, 
that's what a lot of these women and, and, and even men out here in LA, they come out here, they want to pursue a dream, and they think if I pursue uh, the opposite set, if, if I pursue someone, then that's going to make my my purpose that much. No, if you're walking in purpose, if you're doing what you're supposed to do in purpose, God is going to put that person that's supposed to be with you on your journey, on your path. Absolutely. But I appreciate your time, bro. I, man, this is a great conversation. Um, the last and final question that I love to ask entrepreneurs, anybody, when I, when I have them on the platform, we travel, interviewing them, everybody, what does self-investment mean to you? Self-investment means, um, and I, I actually just had this conversation with one of my homies out here. Um, if you're willing to put, if you're willing to work hard for somebody else, then you should, it, it, it should be no-brainer of you working hard for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, meaning, like, you gonna rush to make sure you are at, at at work on time, or if somebody hits you up and, hey man, I need a hundred dollars for this. Like if three people hit you up, hey, I need a hundred dollars for this. That's three hundred dollars that's gone, but you need new headshots. Mm-hmm. So it's, you you putting that you taking you 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 giving out money. That three hundred dollars could be an investment of you getting a roll. Go. So. Self investment is is most is most definitely self first. Like you gotta worry about self. How can you help somebody if you're not helping yourself? That's real. So invest in yourself first, so you can so you can help and you can invest in other people. So what's the sense of you investing in somebody else and then they're not reciprocating it you know mm-hmm. you're you're steady doing this you're steady doing this you said you're doing this but nobody is doing this you know That's real. but check this out if you're in purpose and this is and, then, and we're gonna end after this i know you probably gotta go but if you're in purpose check this out if you're in purpose got i'm being fed like i'm being fed like this from god so, it's just like a tree. This is like an apple tree. If you produce an apple tree and don't nobody take an apple from your tree, what's the sense of the tree being there? Tree. That's real. So, if God is blessing me and you take it from me, most you know how most people think? Oh, this person is using me. This person is this, mm-hmm. that. You know why? You can't use a nigga like I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Are you good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm a hey, professional. Are you good? I mean, like, be you know, yourself, man. Be yeah. yourself. We're good. <laughs> you, can't, you can't use a nigga like me that's connected to God. Because mm-hmm. guess what? I'm forever lasting being blessed. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You should take from a nigga like me. Mm-hmm. Because the, 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 the stuff I'm getting from God is going to help you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you. It's gonna definitely right. help you. So you should take from me. I'm not gonna feel no type of way yeah. about it because I'm getting blessed this way. I'm getting blessed yep. this way, and I'm supposed to get blessed. Right. I'm, I'm me doing this is gonna continue this get this relationship right here is gonna co- continue because I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So you should take from me. Absolutely. 
that I'm not gonna feel no type of way. You should take from me because that's the blessing. Yep, and God's showing you a lot of favor, a lot of favor, man. And, and people don't have to look at it. Don't look at it as a a lack oh, of. Oh, they using you. Yeah. They use you. Yeah, uh, and I, I hear that all the time. And that man, they just. I'm like, man, you should be doing what they doing instead of complaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say that in my head, like, man, why would like you got me to your display? Like, you got me right here, like all yep. the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. Why? Shift your mindset. Yeah, like, man, what? Exactly. Don't look at it as a lack of abundance of somebody trying to expose you and take advantage. You know, mm -mm. you can't take you can't you can't take from me. Exactly. Well, I mean, you can take from me, but you can't like. But you know, where your blessings are coming my blessings from. Is coming from my blessings are coming from a a a, a place oh, where God. that's a, you can't even like you can't even imagine. This like the the dreams that I have that like like man that's mm -hmm. how I know like this is like I'm good I'm straight I'm good absolutely but I, I appreciate you bro man yes, this is a, a super dope conversation yes, I already knew mm -hmm. just brainstorming man I ain't, I really looked at it from time to time but man just like I said just a special conversation shout out to Ron G for giving me those words of encouragement man I really appreciate you pulling up and keeping your word like I said I was keeping my word when I get here. Oh, for sure. We gonna link. We gonna yeah, do yeah, yeah. As a man, that not even as a man, but as a person, yeah. we all this right here. We don't. We can't go to. We, can, we we don't go to the grave with all this. But you know what you go to the grave with? Your word. Mm-hmm. You go to you go to the grave with your word. Yeah. And if you say you're gonna do something, right. make sure you. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Regardless of what yep. it is, you just because it's so many on. times you you can see people at an event and you like, yo, what's up, man? We gonna definitely link up from time to time. And then when you leave, man, it's that is it's always like yeah. that. I pride myself on keeping my word, man. It might not be, I might not be able to get there in the time I would like to, but mm -hmm. when I touch down, I said we are gonna link up and do something. Man, we gonna make it happen, and we made it happen. I appreciate you. Before we get out of here, man, can you tell everybody how to find you on social media? Yeah, this guy right here. Yeah, right, uh, Bilal Young Official on Instagram. That's that's what I'm using right now. That's what the you know I'm I'm <laughs> I'm on Facebook, but it's like more so family and stuff, but. Uh, Bilal Young Official on Instagram is where you can find me. Uh, yeah, so I'll be posting where I'll be performing at next and, you know, up, up and coming events that I'm going to be a part of and different stuff. So this up this next year is going to be a big year for me. But, um, you know, God willing, man, we, we, gonna, we, we doing it, you know. We doing it one day at a time, man. We taking it one day at a time, man. When it's time, when it's time to... To get it on, to really get it on, when God say, when He unhook that leash and say, "Go get him," time to get it. It's go time. Absolutely. Wow, you know we behind you. I appreciate you, man. For real. Yes, Thank you for yes, everything you doing for me, man. Yep. Give me your word, and we know we definitely gonna stay connected. Oh, most definitely. So hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast. Till next time, keep chasing your dreams. Thank you for listening.